0: So we always want to make sure we're providing the compliance and security programs for our customers to help them go through these processes in an easy fashion.
1: Welcome to Focus, a podcast dedicated to the business of higher education. I'm your host, Heather Richmond, and we will be exploring the challenges and opportunities facing today's higher learning institutions. Today I'm talking security with Stacey Hughes. Chief Information Security Officer at Global Payments. We discuss the changing payments landscape and its impact on security and compliance. Thanks so much for joining us today, Stacey.
0: Thanks, Heather, for having me today.
1: Well, I know that uh, you were actually promoted to your position as CISO during COVID-19, right? Yes, thank you. Well, that had to be quite the experience and transition in the middle of a pandemic. Do you want to expand a little bit about that? Sure, Heather. Taking on a new job anytime, I think, always
0: has its opportunities, and it's been very interesting, you know, starting my tenure as CISA during a pandemic, but it's been very important, I think, throughout the whole transition period that I've had more than ever to continue strong communication within my organization, Mm -hmm. old and as well as new team members that I have, because right now I've got team members all around the world and being able to make sure that we've got opportunities to connect, you know, virtually. We have a lot of, I'll call it air quotes, virtual connections multiple times during the month, as well as with my other colleagues all around the world at Global Payments. So that's been very critical to be able to have video capabilities, especially when you can see somebody face to face. And I'm really fortunate, I've had a great team and I'm really enjoying my new role and it's been Very good because I've had multiple areas of opportunities within Global Payments, you know, just understanding the business side of things with my former roles and audit and accounting and control work and security and compliance. So really excited and, and definitely a great, great journey and opportunity for me.
1: You know, that's really interesting. And it seems like a perfect fit during really, ironically, a perfect time. But you're also part of the PCI Security Standards Council, too. So can you expand on the work you do with the council? Sure, Heather. I represent Global Payments on the PCI Security Standards Council Board of Advisors.
0: And that board is made up of 29 companies that are participating organizations within the PCI Security Standards Council. Mm-hmm. And as part of that board, you know, we are able to provide advice, as well as guidance on payment security concerns and also provide input on these standards as they're being developed. And I think it's been so important, especially in my role in being the security leader for global payments, participating in that, just to be able to help voice out concerns of what, not only what we're seeing, but the overall payments landscape. Yeah. from a security, payment security perspective.
1: That's really interesting. And it, it's nice to have a voice. And, and again, especially having someone like you that you're you're in the business and, and you see day to day, and especially with global payments, um, having so many uh, different industries represented. And so really seeing the different and unique challenges that come with uh, payments really across the board.
0: Yes, I agree. And and one of the areas that we are able to provide as part of the Board of Advisors is just the unique perspective that we have. When we look and provide feedback on remote assessment guidance or a new standard that's coming out or participating in a special interest group, we don't just look at things in, as I will call it, the global payments lens and how things apply specifically in our environment. And when we look at those new guidance standards, participate in those special interest groups, we really look at the whole landscape and our customers. So whether it's a small merchant or it's a higher education institution, making sure that we've got all of that input and we actually have a very rigorous process that we go through when we do have feedback and requests for comments through the PCI Council. We have a big team. We coordinate it so we have all of our different business units and looking at things in, inside as well as outside from our entire organization. It's quite a very uh, robust process that we have. And I think as a result of that, we do get to provide value comments that allow everybody to look at things through multiple different lenses that we may not have thought about if we were just looking at it from the global payments perspective versus what we're looking at from a higher education perspective as well, too. I
1: think that's really great for us, of course, and, and being able to work with TouchNet that, you know, that really brings that special understanding of higher education to the council, uh, because we do talk often about higher education definitely being like a small city sometimes and uh, multiple merchants across the board. But because of that, really, you know, higher ed is very complex and and different and unique. And so when it comes to some of the the guidance and regulations, it's really important to understand that.
0: I agree, Heather, and especially with what we're doing with new standards, new requirements, new payment channels, mm-hmm. really being able to partner with TouchNet and all the higher education areas as well to really getting feedback, really proposing what challenges there are. So when we do talk about things from a payment security landscape and just security in general, we have multiple lenses that we look at things. And I think that really helps provide specific guidance to where we receive information and we also, through all of our touch net, through information security and through our compliance programs at Global Payments, can really help all of our customers and provide a value-added service in that regard. It's
1: great insight to have that. And, and so speaking of insight, thinking now, are you starting to see different types of attacks now that most everything has gone virtual or online?
0: Well, One of the areas that, you know, we're always keeping heightened awareness of for anybody is just phishing. Mm-hmm. I think most uh, of the industries have seen right now, there are a lot of phishing attacks going on specifically with COVID-19 early on as, you know, they were trying to, everybody was just looking and craving for information and really making sure that all of your security awareness is set up and you've got good programs amongst you know your organization so i think that's one of the areas that you know we're uh is always an area of interest is continuing to keep a finger on the pulse with phishing and also that security awareness conducting phishing exercises tracking you know how many team members go through that exercise and click on the link continued training those areas are just good advice and recommendations on you know, what we're seeing from phishing. I would pivot another area is we're also doing a lot of meetings virtually and making sure that as we set up these virtual meetings that your configuration settings are appropriate, whether you use, you know, no matter what, there's multiple you know, web conferencing sites out there right now. And just doing a double check to make sure you don't have anything securely, insecurely configured in your environment.
1: Yeah, you're right. I was just saying today earlier that uh, I, I, within just my morning of meetings, had used three different video conferencing uh, services platforms just based upon, you know, different groups and what the standards are there. So you're absolutely right. You have to look at that every single time. Yes, you do. Well, and I know it's probably your team, too, that uh, it's the free lunch phishing email that seems to get a lot of the folks uh, on our team every time. So (laughs) watch out for the free lunch phishing emails. (laughs) Now, I know that your team has also been really good at educating your merchants. Um, So are there new programs now that Global is providing, given all the changes that, that have been happening in the industry right now?
0: The merchant protection program and the merchant compliance team has really been focused on helping our customers, as well as our higher education customers as well too, looking at what we're doing for e-commerce. We've published some blogs out there that have given some good tips to make sure your e-commerce sites are set up. We will also have individual sessions. So if any one of our valued TouchNet customers have any specific questions, more than welcome to set up specific time to answer any questions and help with any specific training as well, too. It's so important that, especially during the pandemic, when we can't reach out and see someone as much as we would like to, that we're able to have more communication opportunities through virtual meetings, through blogs, through other educational materials as well, too. And I know one of the other areas is with our TouchNet business unit is that pci EZ program that's really uniquely designed for all of our higher education merchants. So we're really focused on that and being able to make sure we're helping even during these I'll call it unusual times that we're in
1: right now. It's really great. And and I do appreciate that program. Like I said, higher ed is very different and, and anything that can be tailored that understands that you're going to have such a mix of, you know, e-comm with point of sale and different departments managing it. And a lot of times, even within the same institution, multiple campuses and locations. So there's definitely a lot of complexity. And so to make a PCI compliance easy <laughs> is a really good way to go.
0: <laughs> I agree, Heather. But also, our higher education customers are also facing other challenges with multiple acquirers and programs as well, too. And I know that's a challenge. So we always want to make sure we're providing the compliance and security programs for our customers to help them go through these processes in an easy fashion, not to quote the easy product, (laughs) but in an easy fashion, and not cause friction or confusion. So it's very important.
1: Yeah, it really is. And so, you know, with all of that in mind, you know, what's really changed in terms of compliance? And, you know, what do colleges and universities need to be preparing for going forward?
0: Well, right now, how payments are being taken are are changing in the payments landscape where we are seeing more Mm e-commerce than we have before. But also on the higher education space itself, there are a lot of colleges and universities that have competing IT departments that may align differently with a various school or a program. Mm-hmm. And for that higher education, there may be a centralized security department and they may not have oversight or limited insight or control into these other areas. And so sometimes when it comes to that with remote networks and other things, they can all contain critical information, but we need to make sure, you know, colleges are looking at their entire environment Mm -hmm. to continue to make sure they've got the security posture and governance across the entire landscape. Because universities, colleges, higher education institutions have a wealth of knowledge there. They have a lot of student information besides just payment data, which can be a goldmine for a bad actor.
1: You're absolutely right. And I think the most interesting thing that like you said, is that you try to have that centralized oversight, but when you have all these different groups and, and a lot of times their specialty in these different departments really isn't payments, you know, right. But then they, they are able to go take a payment for a particular event or, or a one-off and they don't necessarily mean to be doing the wrong thing. It's somebody at the department level, uh, but they don't know the the compliance and they don't understand what it takes to really have that secure payment. So it really is an ongoing job to make sure everybody's on the same page and really try to centralize that oversight from the security standpoint.
0: Yes, it is very critical.
1: Well, you know, Stacey, this shift is really interesting because in higher education, our schools have been e-commerce for quite some time, especially when it comes to tuition payments. However, there still are those point of sale stations, especially in dining and in other departments across the campus, and so at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, we heard some questions like, hey, can I take my point of sale home? What are the rules around that? And so uh, we discouraged that to be able to make sure you had the, the proper, secure network connectivity, et cetera. Um, and really what our universities did was deem some of the workers essential to be able to go in and process those payments when they needed to and and, and do shifts in, in that way. But are there other protections that you see that need to happen for those point of sale stations?
0: Yes, Heather, there are. When we look at campuses being closed for a while and not uh, as many employees on site, there are some things that you should do when I would recommend with your point-of-sale device. The first thing is you should definitely continue to check them after the campuses are back open Mm -hmm. and you look at those point of sale. to make sure they're not tampered with. There are requirements around that to make sure there aren't any skimming devices. I know that's probably going to yeah. be remote, but we should still go through and just do some valid checks on those point-of-sale devices in, in and of itself. Also, with the point-of-sale devices as well, if you're going to have students, employees, and others utilizing them now, there is going to be some concern about just general cleaning of the devices as well. Sure. And there are references that are out on the PCI Council website on how to clean your point-of-sale device. I know that is a concern for all of us, wanting to make sure all the surfaces that we touch are sanitized. And doing that in a good fashion without impacting the point-of-sale device is important as well to you. So I would recommend those items as well, too.
1: Yeah, that's really great. Another whole world to think about and really why we are really helping to talk to schools about creating a contactless campus and the time if you do have those point of sale stations, this may be time to go with NFC.
0: Yes, I agree. Remote contactless is the way to go in the future don't have to hold your card, just get to touch and go. It's great.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Well, I know that our higher education institutions really understand the importance of compliance and following the latest rules and regs. Uh, Always want to make sure they're up to date on everything. So is there anything that has changed uh, really in demonstrating compliance, especially for the schools who continue to manage their their work remotely? In my opinion, it's, it's been a challenge. His assessments still need to take place across
0: uh, all areas and including all of our higher education institutions as well too. There are audits that need to take place. There's the PCI assessments as well, and really looking and shifting how to conduct those assessments remotely. That's been really critical to continue to make sure you're keeping a good eye on your posture across your environment. However, we have had challenges with that, with having remote assessments and and really being able to crack that nut. But I think the industry has done a great job in reacting to that with allowing remote assessments. I think really some of the keys to having a successful remote assessment is one, having upfront conversations with your assessor, no matter who it is, what type of assessment that needs to be done. And then also, discuss what evidence can you provide early. Hmm. There are a number of areas that an assessor may want to interview and talk through with someone, but nowadays we can, just like today, we can go jump on a remote video conference, we can see evidence, we can provide other evidence, and the assessors are able to get through that through remote processes, and really be able to have that strong still audit cycle that everybody has to go through. I think really having that upfront communication with your assessors, being able to provide information upfront, and really having that uh, reduced cycle time, as I will call it, for any other follow up items or evidence or any last minute items because the frequency hasn't happened is just really, really essential. And I think, you know, that's, I think it's been hard. It's been hard when we when you first started, it's been hard. you know when we started looking at it on the global payment side, we've utilized some of our methodology that we've had before, and we've been able to you know successfully pivot that mm-hmm. to remote assessment. And that's been very helpful for us and hope that you know we are able to share some of those you know successes with everyone as well. I know we are actually, Talking at ComTech and going to be sharing some of those uh, tips as well.
1: Yeah, super excited to to have you there to to hear about that. And I know too that was the communication in general was a really big goal of the the PCI Security Council. And so I know a lot of guidance has been published, like you said before, on all these new this new information around COVID. It is. They
0: have a dedicated blog and a dedicated website and have provided a lot of great information. I encourage everyone to go out to the website and read. As well as if you're having any questions with your assessor, please don't hesitate to reach out and ask questions. We're here to help as part of that partnership and able to, you know, provide some tips that have been successful with us going through the remote assessment process in the interim as well.
1: Well, great. Well, thanks so much, Stacey, for giving us the latest info on security and compliance. Well, thank
0: you, Heather. I really enjoyed this
1: time today. With the ever-changing world post-COVID, security is more important than ever and should continue to be your top priority. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Focus. Don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on the business of higher education, For more information, check us out at touchnet.com.